All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host and commission, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. It's been a couple of years since I let off the week four podcast and still had a winning record. Uh, so we're excited about that. <clears throat> Hung on despite the Eagles doing everything they wanted to possibly do to try to get A.J. Brown a touchdown in that game last week. Um, so we are happy to be here and talk about it. Unfortunately... Seawolves are not here tonight, but take your ball and go home is. Shane, how's it going, buddy? It's going well, Matt. Excited to be here. It's always nice to get off to a 3-0 start, especially when you get ridiculed by just about the entire league about your drafting strategy. So excited to be where we're at. Got a big week ahead of us here and uh, looking to get to uh, looking to get to 4-0. You know, I'm I'm getting a little sick and tired of this chip on your shoulder. Um, I don't keep my texts for longer than 30 days, so I don't know if I can see that, but I'm pretty sure after the draft you told me you thought your team was horrible. So, <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> so you were ridiculing yourself. Um, talked about Phil not being able to join us tonight. Shane, you want to introduce our, our guest? Yeah. Looks like uh, none other than my, my week four opponent here um, from the Beaters, uh, Mr. Abusement Park himself. It's uh, good to see you, buddy. Good to see you guys. Happy to get the last minute call. <laughs> Happy to be 3-0. <laughs> you know, after leaving the draft for the last eight years with the best team, I think this is our, our first year sitting here at, at 3-0. and So, so happy to be here. After years of turmoil, it, it seems like 2023 is finally the one where where you put it all together. Well, and 2023 wasn't turmoilless, but you know, so far we've we've survived the little bit of turmoil we had. Yep. Um, look at your look at your team. I mean, how many teams can put Cooper Cup and Nick Chubb on the IR and still arguably the best team in the league? <laughs> Pretty. Uh, Pretty incredible so far. Yeah, his team's loaded. Looking good so far. Uh, Phil got the monkey off his back last year. Maybe it's Scherz's turn this year. Um, wanted to just make a comment about that uh, getting the last-minute call. Even the alternates get to go to the Ryder Cup, Brandon. Right? So. <laughs> there's, there's no shame in being that, that tall with the ring at the end of the back. <laughs> They still get a ring, too. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, I forgot. It is Ryder Cup week, which means Shane might have a Ryder Cup trivia question for us. It is Ryder Cup <laughs> week, and I do have a Ryder Cup similar <laughs> strategy question. I don't know any European football players, so it just... <laughs> <laughs> no, so I didn't go full Ryder Cup. I was planning on going full Ryder Cup, but... I figured I'd stay football here, but it is Ryder Cup week. We're going to be starting here like about one thirty in the morning. Looking forward to it. Um, but since it is the Ryder Cup, we're going to go. Looking forward to it, like you're, you're <laughs> staying up to watch it. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, how are things at home? Get a little nap in football. Anyway, so it is Ryder Cup week. One of the best weeks of the year, every two years. Um, so we're going to, I know our fans are a little used to the Stump the Schwab style, but we're going to switch it up tonight. Um, so 
we're gonna go a little. We're gonna have a little match play here between Cause and Sure. So there are twelve names that I have. You guys are gonna go back and forth. You're gonna get to select the question you want to answer. So I'm looking for the players that led the last four decades. So the '90s. 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s in rushing, receiving, and passing yards. Everyone got that? So, the player that led the league from 1990 to 99 in rushing, passing, or receiving, that player will, those three players will be on the list. From 2000 to 2009, from 2010 to 2019, and then from 2020 till present. So there are 12 players, one for each spot. When you're when it's your turn, you get to pick which decade you want. We're not just going to go strum the saw back and forth. So you can accumulate. You're going to accumulate points here out of the 12 possible answers. Can you so, explain the points to me again? Sorry. Can I what? Can you explain the points to me again? So, so yeah. So, I mean, so if Brandon goes first here, since he's the guest, he can pick, hey, I want to do 1990s rushing. And okay. then he gets the answer. If he doesn't get it, he gets nothing. You can answer the question and then get a point. Okay. This is going to be awful. Um, Brandon, Brandon was even born in the 90s. That, well, that's, <laughs> I, I, I had this question in mind for Phil because yeah. I figured, hey, we'll go back. He likes the late nineties, the early two thousands. He would have said theme. no. He would have said like Natron means, <laughs> and yeah, Lynn Swan for the nineties. He would have been yeah. <laughs> so everyone understand the rules and how it's how it's shaping up. So there's twelve players. You had to lead the decade in rushing, receiving, or passing yards. Yep. Yeah, I'm good. Got it. So you get to select your decade, and then you get the name. Sure, sure, you're going to go first since you're the guest. All right, so let's get me knocked out of here right away. I'm going to guess the 2010s receiver was Antonio Brown. That is incorrect. Not Antonio Brown. Cause can steal a point here. Two <laughs> thousands um, <clears throat> quarterback. You know where I'm going, bud. Give me Peyton. Give me the sheriff. The sheriff led the two thousands in passing yards. Forty two thousand two hundred fifty four yards. That is correct. Is Todd Gurley on this list? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's not on this list. He's not on this list. I'll give you guys that one. (laughs) He also went for one of the harder ones that I thought, sure. So good for you. (laughs) Um, So 2020 to 2023 is a year, a decade. That is correct. That is correct. It's not not a decade. It's just a category. Right. Right. (laughs) So let's say, can we go uh, passing is Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes is the leader in the 2020 so far. 15,632 yards. That's, that's pretty good. Um, I'm going to go 90s running back. Give me Emmett Smith. 
This one was a tough one. It is Emmett, though. Uh, he he led Barry by 164 yards in the decade. That's that's crazy. Yep. Considering Barry's whole career was the 90s. I was gonna say that. <laughs> well, I don't. When was Barry Sanders a rookie? Because I thought. Eight. 89 was his rookie year. Okay, so and Emmett was Emmett was 89 too. Were they the same year? Uh, that I'll have to double check. All right. Sounds and right ba- did Barry retire in the 90s? Like he, he retired in 2000. Okay, all right. For sure. If I had known that, I would have guessed Barry Sanders. I thought yeah. I thought Barry yeah. Sanders started before the 80s and retired mid-90s. So, not yeah. before when the I started, 80s. When I started doing this, I, I thought Sanders was going to be the guy. Yeah. Yeah, if you had told me he played every year in the 90s, I would have said Barry Sanders. So my ignorance helped me. <laughs> Paid off. What about, so the current rushing Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry is the leader of the 2020s rushing, 4,665 <clears throat> yards so far. Well, it's taking us five answers to say the GOAT. Give me Jerry Rice for the 90s wide receiver. Jerry Rice, not even close. Twelve thousand seventy-eight yards in the nineties. Is the current receiving Justin Jefferson? See, there you go, Sherry. The, the young buck is learning the strategy here. Hey, let's take the low-hanging fruit, the early ones. Justin Jefferson, five thousand two hundred eighty-three yards so far in the twenty twenties. He is well ahead of Devontae Adams next. <clears throat> Reason for every question, 2010's quarterback, Mr. Thomas Brady. That is incorrect. Fuck sir. you. That's fucking Tom Brady, stupid. Not on this Lost you guys there for a sec. Sorry, that's stupid. That's a dumb question. Brady, <laughs> Brady should be the answer. All right. I went. I don't know if you heard me, cause I guessed Adrian Peterson for 2010s. Were uh, it was wrong. It was wrong. It was wrong. It was wrong. Interesting. Oh, that's because podcast favorite. Papa Kaz's guy, Frank Gore, 2010 running back. That is that is also incorrect. That's so no point true. stolen by Papa Kaz in the 2010s. I'm going to have to give you guys that one. None other than Shady McCoy, 10,434 oh. yards. Gore was second. AP was third. They were virtually had the same yardage. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So uh, to, go ahead. Is 2010's quarterback Drew Brees? 2010 quarterback is Drew Brees. It was 46,770 yards. So sure steals a point there. Todd still has a steal available on the 2010's wide receiver. Two thousands wide receiver. Um, I'm gonna go Terrell Owens. That is incorrect. It's not T.O. 
Is that a really bad guess? Nope. All right. It was third. Okay. So what are we? What are we still looking so for? So you have a steal available on the two thousands wide receiver. Still open are the two thousands running back, the nineties quarterback. And Cause still has a steal left on the twenty tens wide receiver. Is the nineties quarter who'd cause guess for the nineties quarterback? I didn't. He did not guess okay. anyone. That's open. So you get to choose your which one you're gonna guess at on the passing the nineties passing or the two thousands rushing. I mean, it's 90s quarterback. Uh, Dan Marino? Dan Marino did lead the 90s in passing. 33,508. I thought it was pretty uh, interesting that then Peyton led the 2000s with almost 10,000 more yards. (laughs) Um, All right, so the real reason for the question, now that I know it's not Tom Brady... Um, 2010's receiver, Larry Fitzgerald. Get it out. It is not Larry Fitzgerald. That's stupid. Ugh. Calvin? both get the 2010s wrong. I thought that was, that was a tricky one because this was a tough answer. Megatron? Um, Fitz was third. AB was second. Julio? Forgotten man. Julio. Julio Jones. St. Louis Patriots would oh. have got that answer right. Who was second? AB. Oh, wow. And Fitz was third. Nice. Probably what, 2000s running back? So you're looking for a 2000s running back still. Sure has locked up the win here. And you still need the 2000s wide receiver as well. Why is he locked up the win? <laughs> he has five points, and huh? you have three, and you. this is the last category that you could... Which one did I get wrong? You got the 2000s wide receiver wrong. Who did I guess? Uh, oh, Terrell Owens. That's right. All right. The rules are dumb. <laughs> um, so 2000s running back. I'm going to guess. And this should have been Cause. This is Cause's guess, technically. <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, I just guessed, uh, I just guessed Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, but that was your steal. Okay. Right. This is bad radio. I should have, I should have explained better. <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> I should have made you guys guess the answer after they guessed the question. It was after they got one wrong. That's right. So this was technically your category because this is the last one. All right. So 2000s running back. Um, I guess Frank Gore for the 10s. I don't think Frank Gore would have been in the aughts. Oh, this is rough. Um, Jerome Bettis? That is incorrect. Yeah, it's bad. I I couldn't take the silence anymore. I was, for that category, I was thinking LT. Oh, yeah. Possibly the greatest fantasy player of all time, LaDainian Tomlinson, did lead the 2000s. 12,490 yards. All he did was score touchdowns. Oh, <laughs> possibly the greatest fantasy <coughs> season ever. Was it 2006? Class? Yeah. Yep. 2006 and 2007, he was just untouchable. It's actually really good. 
2000s wide receiver thought was the hardest one on the board because Terrell Owens was third. Randy Moss was second. And Torrey Holt led the 2000s in receiving yards, 12,594. Really, uh, really good decade and pretty much his whole career. All right, here's a good follow-up question I'll ask you guys. Which trio would you rather have of these four? I think we can eliminate Breeze, McCoy, and Julio. That's the fourth best of this. But if you could start a team, you start with Marino, Emmett, and Rice, Peyton, LT, and Torrey Holt, or Mahomes, Henry, and Jefferson. Man. That's a great question. (laughs) To to just say that Breeze, Julio, and McCoy is easily the fourth is such a strong statement, but I I don't think you're wrong. (laughs) I mean, that's great, but but you're, you're right. Mahomes, I mean, Derrick Henry... Mahomes and Jefferson, you got to feel like, are two years away from being Hall of Famers. <laughs> yeah, if not already. Yeah. <laughs> Very close. I feel like uh, this is one of those questions where it's hard because of the era. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it seems easy to say Mahomes, Henry, and JJ because I'm sure the numbers, I would guess the numbers are much higher than just what they were in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, then you look at Rice and Emmett as the leading receiving everything and the leading rushing everything. Yeah. Um, just in those two alone. I and mean, without, the, was, without the rule changes, Marino probably is too. So. Um, yeah, I, man, that's, that's such a loaded question. I, I think. I don't even know. I think I'm going to take the 2000s because I like myself some, some Peyton, LT and I like myself some Peyton. Peyton and, L, Peyton and LT is about <laughs> as good as it gets. I, I I've grown I've grown to love me some Peyton post NFL career and just gain a lot of respect for his the way he played the position. So, but great question. I still think there. I'm assuming he's a Republican. The Republican Party needs to <laughs> nominate Peyton Manning. The uh, the tiebreaker question for this was going to be who is the all time leading scorer in the Ryder Cup. Your individual. And how many points has he scored? God. Well, there's two names that come to mind. And Tiger and Phil? T- Tiger and Ian Poulter. It's got to be Tiger. and uh, Yeah. He's shaking it his is, head. It's neither of those guys. Okay. Um. Is Sergio Garcia oh, nice. well above the crowd? Twenty-eight and a half points career. Nick Faldo second at twenty-five. When when does it come to Rochester? Uh, it comes to uh, New York next two years from now. All right, we're going still, right? Uh, Beth Page, two years we are going. All right, get your affairs in order. Sounds good. That's going to be a good year. I think that's the same year the home run derby's in Philly. And nobody loves a home run derby more than Matt Kozlowski, So <clears throat> Excited. All right. Um, waivers. Anything to really talk about this week? I don't think there was anything crazy. Um, Devon, don't call me two chains. A-chan um, was not available in our league because we have an elite league. 
um, Fleetwood franchise, Joshua, Joshua Palmer, $33 replacing Mike Williams on that squad. That was the big ad of the week. Not a bad bid. Uh, Bowl was right behind him with 16. I've seen Josh Palmer. I know what type of guy Josh Palmer is. I'm good. I, but I understand why, uh, why Ty did it. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I think it's the, the same thing when you go on the wire. I mean, I think we're all looking for guys to slot into the flex, you know, spot for the most part. And I don't know that you're upset with having Josh Palmer in there without Mike Williams and, you know, an offense that's going to throw it 40 times a game. Hopefully, you know. 20 of them are going to go to Keenan Allen, but if you get 10 of them, it's, you know, it's a volume thing at that point, I guess. So I think it, I think it makes sense. Yeah. I didn't think about that. I mean, the volume, the volume's there. Um, and you have seen him have games that are flex worthy. So if you think about it more in terms of flex rather than wide receiver two that you're trying to fill, um, you know, he's really replacing a flex in Mike Williams. So in that sense, it probably is fine. I think the one thing that scares me is, and we don't really know what this looks like yet, um, Quentin Johnston, they spent a first-round pick on him. He struggled to get on the field so far. But is that because maybe he's not a slot guy or he doesn't profile well on the field with Williams and Allen together? Maybe Johnston gets more burn now and... Um, that's the part that's just kind of unknown right now. Yeah, I mean, Johnson, you're 100% right. Obviously, with the first-round pick, you know, he's definitely going to get some run here. But, you know, of offenses and, and just the scope of things, I don't know that if there's an offense that can kind of feed three receivers, I guess it would probably be the Chargers would be one of them. Yeah. For sure. Um, and then... Not really noteworthy, but sneaky tank Bigsby had today. That was nice. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think when I looked at the offers report, nobody else had anything on it. I, no. You know, obviously being the ETN owner and already kind of suffering one, one of the running backs going down, and um, I don't know what Foles' situation was if someone came off IR, but I saw he dropped him yesterday and. Figured somebody might throw a sneaky one bid in there, so I went went two just to try and try and get it, and it worked out. Um, uh, Christian Watson came back. That's why Bull had to make okay. a move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that hasn't you know done much. Obviously, I watched some Jag game being the ETN owner. Hasn't really done much to shine. Just really that almost that handcuff piece. Well, he's the goal line back, though. You're right. You're right. <laughs> He's getting all the looks inside the 10. So, worst case, if you would have a situation where buys hit you hard one week and you need to run someone out with ETN, there's worse options you could have. So, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Um, the other thing that I just thought was interesting looking at the standings, every division has a 3 and 0, a 2 and 1, a 1 and 2, and an 0 and 3. So, after the first three weeks, you know, we always try to put the division play in the front and at the end of the season. Um, every single division has had the same outcome in the sense that 
Um, they have one team that swept it, one team that lost to the first place team, the third place team lost to the first and second place team, and last place obviously lost to all three. Yeah, that's. I didn't take notice of that, but that's that's it's definitely interesting um, that things are working out kind of smoothly across the board and obviously we're getting into some non-division matchups and then five weeks start what week five uh either five or six i don't remember exactly um yeah so obviously that that you know adds an extra element to it when right now besides injuries everybody's at at full strength basically going into five weeks things kind of get a little little bit more decisions that have to be made. And after this week, um, we will be halfway until the trade deadline, which feels really early. But, you know, it's a decision we made a couple years ago to try to make people make some decisions and not have it just be six buyers and six sellers. And I think that's been a good thing. So, um, you know, some guys will have to make some decisions here in two, three weeks. I don't think... Anyone should be looking to sell yet. Um, if you look at the Mad Dogs, Seawolves, and Flock, all of them 0-3. Um, lowest points is the Flock by, you know, compared to the other 0-3 teams by a pretty significant margin. Fegley's right there with him. Um, but, you know, he kept Joe Burrow, and he's been awful. So if you keep a quarterback and he's not good... That's going to hurt your point total. So, But I don't think looking at Jason's team, like we've talked about, he needs to upgrade the wide receiver two spot. But I wouldn't say he's a seller by any means. No one's team no, really think, dumpster fire level. Yeah, I mean, obviously I think Jason's getting hurt by the, the Burrow piece pretty bad right now. and I, I'm not sure that it was a bad keeper. It's just unfortunate that he's not healthy and doesn't look like the regular Joe Burrow. You know, obviously keeping a quarterback is always kind of, you know, a coin toss uh, in this league just because it, it doesn't seem to go for a ton of value. But Joe Burrow at a dollar if he's fully healthy. But, I mean, watching that Monday night game, he just doesn't want to move. No. So, I mean, he's he's not, not right um, and doesn't seem like it's something that's going to really change all year, unfortunately, that he's going to fight this all year right and it's not even that he's a big uh like running quarterback but the big plays aren't there because he's not able to extend plays at all yeah i mean he's not you're right he's not he's not a runner really but he's not moving even within the pocket really no all right shane had to go tend to the kids here for i think a brief minute so that's why you haven't heard from him yet but we can start the uh, week four matchups without him. Um, there is uh, one game that stands out in terms of projection, primarily due to uh, the Reading Renegades having a rough uh, start to their season as well with a lot of injuries. So we'll start off with the Seawolves against the Renegades. Um, right now, projection is 98 to 77 in favor of the Seawolves. Good news for uh, Renegades is Saquon practiced today, and they don't play till Monday night. So, um, 
that would definitely be a shot in the arm if he was able to get Saquon Monday night against Seattle. Definitely better than running out Matt Breida. Um, so we'll look at these teams for now um, with Breida in there. But Seawolves is Josh Allen, Derrick Henry, Jerome Ford, Chris Olave, A.J. Brown, George Kittle, Dalvin Cook, and Taysom Hill. I'd imagine the Hill thing changes. Um, and Eckler's trending as if he might play this week. So that would definitely change things significantly for the Seawolves. On the running side, Dak, Matt Breida, Kendra Miller, Mike Evans, Drake London, Hunter Henry, Zay Flowers, and Gabe Davis. We'll start off with the Renegades. Um, one of the best receivers. Oh, wait, I'm totally off on that. He just had a good week last week. No, he did not have a good week last week. He had a good week in week two. Gabe Davis. Um, big plays are still there. Obviously had a... 35-yard touchdown catch last week. I obviously didn't watch much of that game because that was his only catch of the game. I just saw him come up on red zone. I'm like, oh, this guy's having a good year. Um, So week one was bad against the Jets, but that whole game was ugly. Six for 92 and a tutter against the Raiders. 35-yard touchdown at Washington. Saw a lot of uh, people saying, sell Gabe Davis if you have him. And trying to get people to buy on that um, this week. He's got Miami Sunday. I'm assuming that game's going to be a shootout. I think Buffalo's going to have to keep up with them. What are your thoughts on Gabe Davis this week against the Dolphins? Yeah, it was really hard. I mean, it, it's hard to evaluate him. I don't think you're really ever happy about putting him in the lineup, but you still have to. I think, you know, I've, I've been a Mike Williams owner in the past, and I feel like that's a relatively decent fantasy comp yeah. where there's there's really good weeks and then there's one catch for eight yard weeks. I mean, it's just, it, it's it's hard to predict what he's going to do. Obviously, Diggs is the one, you know, the tight ends get a little bit of run and then there's just kind of some random guys thrown in there. He should be a clear second, but sometimes it just doesn't shake out. Ask him for your outlook on Gabe Davis this week, Shane. Oh, Gabe Davis. Yeah, jumped in here at the end of uh, Sure's answer here. It's a little rough night for the podcast host tonight with the uh, with the children. <laughs> um, not not having a good time in their crib. Um, Gabe Davis, kind of a boomer bust play for me. Um, that, that's that's what you're pretty much looking at every week um liken him to a dj more like type player <laughs> um gonna certainly be some weeks where where you you catch maybe a big touchdown big big play um on most weeks week in week out not a guy i really want on my squad i i laugh at that saying because i have dj more but um yeah um who they even got this week i Sorry, My, Miami, that's a what prompted. That's what prompted it. Miami. They're gonna have to score, obviously. Oh to, yeah, to probably gonna have them. to throw the ball. I mean, to keep up with them. Gotta gotta figure that game's gonna be a shootout. So in that sense, I mean, there's gotta be some scoring opportunity there. Um, that being not knowing they're playing Miami, um, for sure. Gotta, gotta expect Davis to at least 
have some volume. All right. Um, over on the Seawolves side, we talked about him briefly at the start. A.J. Brown, 20 catches so far in the season. None of them have been in the painted area of the field. They have Washington this week. And we saw Jalen doing everything he could to try to get A.J. in the end zone on uh, Monday night. Does A.J. Brown score a touchdown this week against the Commies? I think he does. I mean, I don't know. I watched, I guess, in week two, him and Jalen Hurts had a little bit of spat on the sideline. So definitely felt like that that week three game was, uh, like you said, a forced job to try and get him in the end zone. A uh, lot of opportunities, a lot of attempts at it. It just didn't didn't happen. So I think he continues um, to to try and get him in the end zone in, in this week. Yeah, it's it's guys like this <laughs> <laughs> that like make me and you guys make fun of me all the time, but like it's, it just makes me realize how much I miss Larry Fitzgerald. Um, and how much respect I have for the guy. Like watching that game the other night, it was clearly like it was clearly part of their game. Where like, hey, we're gonna get this by the by the ball, keep him happy um, before he blows up and explodes the whole team. Um, that being said, I think he gets in the end zone. It's, it's just like he, what these receivers like. You, you just don't see guys like that. Like, and he has a quarterback that's one of the top. I mean, eight guys in the NFL, maybe. Like, I mean, all things considered, probably higher than that. But, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's out there playing with guys that should have been playing D3 football. Um, and you, you never see him complain, never see any kind of sideline drama. You get these guys, 90%, 95% of NFL receivers that they're that number one guys, they don't get the ball, and all of a sudden it's the end of the world and they're just – ready to kill someone on the sideline. Um, that being said, I, they're forced feet in the rock. Um, they're going to find a way to get, get a play drawn up for him to get in the end zone this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on Brown. 3-0, your quarterback is the epitome of the guys who <clears throat> do things the right way, yep. worry more about the final score rather than the stat line. You'd think that would rub off on some of the guys, but that position, for whatever reason... Just, uh, just breeds diva. So, I have a follow-up question while we talk about the Eagles a little bit. How long until they uh, they ban the quarterback sneak? I mean, it it is brutal to watch the Eagles do it six times a game in big situations, and there's just nothing you can do. I mean, I was, I'm wondering why they don't start doing it from like the three-yard line, like. <laughs> every time he does it, like they, they get three or four yards, like every time, at a minimum. <laughs> like sometimes, like Phil was like saying, yeah, he's going to be untouched five yards in the end zone. Like it's it's true. Like it's just an unstoppable play. With, but I mean, how do you, how do you stop it? I mean, just say you. I mean, they, go back to the college days mm-hmm. where there was no push allowed. Chris Sims has yeah, no I mean, idea. That's... Chris Sims took some heat this week. He was on a podcast, and he said, the only way to stop that play is you try to kill the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to start just going at the quarterback and 
ripping limbs and (laughs) until they say, all right, we're going to not get our quarterback hurt. But I mean, you get a guy like Jalen Hurts, he's obviously a pretty strong dude. You get a guy like Anthony Richardson, I'm thinking of right now, like those type of guys, like Cam Newton. This should (laughs) have those type of guys. I mean, it's It's a bad, it's a bad play. It takes the fun out of fourth and one plays for viewers. That's like fourth and one. It doesn't get any better to see a handoff and someone gets stuffed. Um, it's just, it, it's bad. And I don't know that it's necessarily illegal, but it's not fun to watch. So, Packers are getting boat raced in this game, by the way. This is brutal. Um, yeah, David Montgomery game so far. Speaking of boat raced, I'll take the Seawolves to win this week. Yeah. It's uh, funny how the, the fantasy fortunes turn out. I mean, Seawolves come within just so close to beating the Desert Dogs last week and sitting at one and two with a with a matchup with the Renegades to get back and even, but now they're 0-3. Um, it's a get-right game. I, th- I think the Seawolves <laughs> show a little life defending champs. And uh, Beg's roster is just uh, a little depleted, not, uh, not up to par right now. Yeah, I, I agree. Getting Eckler back looks like everything trending in that direction makes Phil's team, you know, a lot better. Obviously, that was a hole he had to fill these these couple weeks. So, uh, also going with the Seawolves. Seawolves just have no choice but to tip their cap and call the Desert Dogs their daddy. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I was hoping Phil was going to be on because I wanted to touch on um, Phil getting just bullied by his podcast mates last week and uh, taking Ezekiel Elliott out of the lineup. Um, he throws Taysom Hill in there and it costs him the dub. Uh, Zeke actually had a a relevant fantasy week last week where he had 80 yards rushing. So, all right, next game: Desert Dogs versus Flock. <clears throat> right now, projected 97 for the Dogs, 97.3 for the Flock. Romeo Dobbs, the only player in play in this game. Um, unfortunately, forgot to check my lineup, and I didn't remember that I had him in there. So. I have not only a receiver I didn't want to play, but I have him in my flex. So feel free to <laughs> feel free to roast me for all the years that I've made fun of everyone else for doing that. Um, talk about the dogs first. Got a little got a little uh, shot in the arm back here with Alvin Kamara coming back. Tampa Bay uh, this Sunday, one o'clock after his three game suspension is lifted. No one's really done anything in New Orleans to take the lead in that backfield, so I'm not necessarily worried about that. Tampa's been notoriously a tough matchup for Kamara. I don't think he's really done well in Tampa Bay matchups. They've always been harder to run on, and I think it's still relatively true. Um, But what are you expecting from Alvin Kamara with probably Jameis Winston at quarterback this Sunday? I'm expecting good things. Um, Jamal Williams is now out for the year. Is that correct? Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, I think he went to IR at least. I don't know how long. <clears throat> yeah. He's out. I mean, yeah. That just means IR. that just means like four weeks now. It doesn't mean that okay. yet. But okay, it's not the the full year. So he's out for a while. Um, Kendrick Miller still still I think we, we touched on it last week. How I think he's going to be relevant. Um, did not pop last week last week like we expected. Um, the proven commodity. Um, just saw Tampa Bay get chewed up on the ground. I understand that's the Eagles' run game. A little different. 
Um, that offensive line is clearly probably the best run line in the league. Um, but I, I expect Kamara to, to hop into this offense and, and breathe a little life to their kind of non-existent running game so far this year. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I, the Saints aren't scoring a ton of points right now. So I actually think that kind of fits well for Kamara that, you know, the general philosophy kind of seems to not lose games on the offensive end, um, which is check downs to him and, the you know, outside and, and see what he can do. So, you know, I think he's going to fit right into probably a 20-touch game, 15 15 on the ground with five more through the air. All right. I'll sign up for 20 from a running back. I don't think I've had 20 combined from my running backs all season, so <laughs> we can get behind that. Um, we'll stay with running backs on the flock side. Um, one of the top running backs in the league so far has been Kenneth Walker the third, the other keeper, along with Joe Burrow for the flock. Um kind of interesting. It's been very touchdown dependent. Uh, he's got four touchdowns in three games so far. Um, had a little bit of action through the air last week, three for 59. The thing that's been a little interesting about Kenneth Walker is each week, uh, Zach Charbonnet has taken more and more time um, in that backfield. I think it was like um, almost a 50-50 split in terms of plays last week. So Walker was another guy that on a podcast I listened to that they were saying he's a sell now um, because of that. What are your guys' thoughts on Kenneth Walker? Um, not only this week, but rest of season. Yeah, it seems like for whatever reason, and I haven't watched a ton of Seahawks so far this year, but just watching, going through the box scores and, and watching some some highlights and stuff like that and, it, it looks like for whatever reason they, they want they, they want to go the running back by committee way. Um, that's just what they want to do. Even though Walker was pretty good last year down the stretch, I want to say, and obviously off to a nice start this year, just seems like they're not sold. Um, and, and I think it's going to continue. I, it just seems like they don't want to go. And I think we're seeing, it's not just the Seahawks, I think we're, we're seeing it kind of across the board um, where it's making the running back position tough to figure out in a lot of places of because you're not getting those bell cows. There's just very few of them in the league anymore that are, hey, this guy's going to get 20 carries. I mean, that's what we're going to do because you just don't see it out of NFL offenses anymore. Um, that being said, I, I think it's going to be – you're going to look closer to a 50-50 split rest of the way. Yeah, I 100% agree and, and – exactly for all the points you said that a lot of the NFL and that was kind of one of the benefits of Nick Chubb and there's a few other guys but teams just pretty much plan for their you know one of their running backs to get significantly hurt at some point throughout the year and rather than having that second guy come in in week eight or nine with 20 touches all year they want to just kind of bring him along and hopefully that extends the life of, you know, your number one guy, but gives you an experienced number two guy to hop in when, if and when an injury happens. I mean, it's 2023, right? Like, how has it possibly 
taken this long for teams to do this? <laughs> I guess this is my question. Like, it seems like this is a great, like, this strategy should have been employed long ago, right? Well, and you guys talked about it, I think, last week a lot with, like, Jerome Ford, which I, I agree with. I mean, as a running back, again, there's, there's different levels, but how much of it is an offensive line and a system versus you actually <laughs> doing the, the job? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I, there's obviously, like, a difference between a Nick Chubb and, and Jerome Ford, and there's a difference between guys like, I mean, and Adrian Peterson and LaDainian Tomlinson, like we talked about. Like, obviously, you want to give these guys the ball as much as you possibly can, but I feel like the way athletes are today, like, there's just so many more guys that are so close to each other in, in levels of skill. Uh there's always going to be outliers. Like Derrick Henry, obviously, is a guy that comes to mind. Like you, you want him to get the ball. Like I, I get it, but he's so he's actually guys. getting like fifty percent right now. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's you know he's a little older and a lot of a lot of hits on on the body, but yeah, everyone made a big deal. I mean, we're watching the team tonight, for example. Everyone made, made a big deal out of uh, Jameer Gibbs being a top twelve pick, but. David Montgomery is the best running back on that team. No one talked about that signing. Um, and Gibbs has still been good and useful, but there's no reason to give Gibbs the full workload or Montgomery the full workload. Like, you're better off having guys with different skill sets that do different things and being able to kind of exploit what they do well. And the first team that that comes to mind is going back to Kamara, like his rookie year, I think he was a top 10 running back, but Mark Ingram was top 15. They were just yeah. so good with both of them. So it just makes me, I mean, yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking of that exactly. I was thinking that the Patriots exploited it when they had guys like they had like LeGarrette Blunt, Dion Lewis, I mean, Danny Woodhead, like, they had different guys for kind of different situations, and it was never like a bell cow situation. I'm wondering, from you guys, not to touch on this too much, but what what is this going to do to? I mean, I got to figure this is going to be the way of the future. Um, what is this going to do to, in fantasy terms, um, how's it going to change the way we view the running back position? Because it seems like we're going to find ourselves in a couple years where. There no longer is five, six guys running backs that are just head and shoulders above everyone else. And it's going to be like there's going to be 30 running, 30, 40 running backs out there that you got to be playing just to try. And you got you got to hit on. I don't know. I mean, I think you already kind of saw this. Like, who are we talking about coming in this season as, you know, a full, a more, a full workload? I mean, it's. Chubb, McCaffrey, Barkley? Eckler. Eckler? Eckler. Yeah, and even guys like, I think Najee Harris was one of the more expensive players in our draft. The Steelers are just better when Jalen Warren plays. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you have to spend the money, like even a guy like Josh Jacobs. So he's been awful. But he gets 20 touches a game. I would trade for Josh Jacobs right now, even though he's awful. Because 
who else is getting 20 touches in football games right now? That, that just doesn't happen. Um, so it makes what you did at the draft, Shane, actually very smart. You know, you go out and, and it only works if you go out and get a Zach Moss. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been very... I'm, I, I don't say like that my strategy is was incredibly smart, but I mean, you have to be able to find a running back to that ends up being a serviceable guy that's played. Obviously, Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor decides that his relationship with the Colts is going to work out and he plays a couple weeks from now. Now my team doesn't look that great. But <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just interesting to see because, like, I mean, I, I, I think maybe we're going to see more teams in, in, the, in our league and in every league you play in turn to the no running back strategy um, just because it's, it's just so unreliable. All right, let's pick a winner for dogs in the flock. Uh, so far, I've gotten four and a half out of Romeo Dobbs here approaching halftime. So not not big swing either way. Um, this is projected to be pretty gridlocked right now. Yeah, tight one here. Um, just looking at the matchups here. Pretty... Uh... Even across the board, don't love Mahomes at the Jets, but obviously, I mean, you're, you're you got to like anytime you can pencil Mahomes into the lineup. Um, it's a Sunday night game. Got to figure he'll be able to move the ball a little bit. Um, I like the dogs in a very close one. Don't love your matchups. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I know you're not, you know, necessarily excited about the Dobbs, you know, in your lineup. It probably would have switched if you if you looked at it, but. I think right now that game script might not be the worst where he yeah. gets some some garbage, you know, gets you into the double-digit 12-point range if he doesn't get it in the, in the end zone. Um, so I, I think the game script right now might work a little bit in your favor with him. Yeah, I agree. Um, and while I agree, Shane, like Mahomes on Monday night isn't great against – or Sunday night against the Jets – Got to feel like there's going to be some plus uh, field opportunities for him. Um, yeah. Chiefs defense is really good. Yep. They're not talked about a lot, but they're really good. And um, Zach Wilson, unfortunately, is talked about a lot. He's really bad. So, <laughs> got to yep. hope that uh, the opportunities will be there for some uh, plus plus field situations there. Um, I will take myself to win as well in this one. Hopefully, getting the flock to zero and four, closer to having our first seller of the season. <clears throat> Next game, Bull Weevils against Nevermore. I wouldn't necessarily have said that this one had a high projection. I think both teams were probably right around the high nineties uh, mark. But so far here, David Montgomery sixteen points as we approach halftime for the Bull Weevils. And Jameer Gibbs and Aaron Jones on the Nevermore side combined 3.9 here as we approach halftime. I'm going back to game script and how you talked about it helping me with Dobbs. This is helping uh, Bull Weevils hurting Nevermore significantly. 24-3, Montgomery's going to be just trying to chew the clock. Gibbs is the pass-catching running back, probably not getting a ton of action. Aaron Jones with the health... Concerns probably not seeing the field here in the second half. Um, 
So we'll start off with the Bull Weevil side. Kirk Cousins, Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, Jalen Waddle, Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz, Brees Hall, Nico Collins. Um, I want to talk about Brees Hall a little bit. Week uh, one, we saw him look outstanding. 10 for 127, 1 for 20. We talked about how explosive he looked in that game. He's had 17 touches in the two games before. Four carries for nine yards at Dallas. 12 carries for 18 yards at New England or against New England last week. And only one catch so far in those two games after the Buffalo game. If you're a team that's struggling with your quarterback, I would think getting the ball in the hands of one of your best players would be a way to maybe fix things. But this team's broken right now. I mean, what do you guys think about Brees Hall? I, I'd have a hard time putting him in my lineup this week if I was bull. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on this because I wanted to – I was going to say it on the, on the last matchup uh, when we were talking about Holmes. But it seems like we are very, very close to just an epic meltdown on the Jets. Yeah. Right? Just just like a – just a complete meltdown on the, on the sidelines. Everyone, coach is gone, just – Team completely lost. Um, Zach Wilson's not it. They clearly had Super Bowl expectations going into the year, rightfully so. With with Rodgers at quarterback, team's pretty good around him. But you get a group of locker room like that that has expectations, and then you can kind of see the season unfolding that they're not going to be there at the end. Um, and just a poor franchise, poorly read franchise, led franchise, just. Smells like blow up to me. That being said, they got they got to find a way to get this guy the ball more. He's clearly a good player. Um, I just don't know that they're going to be able to do that with how poor the quarterback play is. Um, so I'm I was obviously in on Hall. I think we all were after week one. I think we talked about how he's going to be a still going to be a flex play with this. But as of right now, you got to be out. Yeah, I mean Zach Wilson stinks. I don't know that it goes much much further than that he's he's really really bad I mean you look at a guy that they just signed Trevor Simeon I mean again somebody to throw Brees Hall the ball in a flat is all you're you're looking for and Zach Wilson can't can't do it you know can't hit Garrett Wilson on a you know slant like he there's they're not running a ton of plays because it's constantly three and out that's the thing. These are good players, too. Garrett Wilson is a stud. Really good. <laughs> like, you watch that guy play. He is good. Like, Brees Hall's good. Like, these are good players. We um, haven't talked about him yet, and we would have if fellows on the podcast, but... And I'm by no means a salary cap expert on the NFL, but why Justin Fields isn't on the Jets right now, I have no idea. And I don't think Justin Fields is that much better than Zach Wilson. But they can't block anybody, first of all. So that's that's part of the problem with Zach Wilson. At least with Fields, you have someone who can go off script, run around a little bit, evade a pass rush. He played college football with your best wide receiver. The The Bears have to want nothing to do with him. Like, that is dead and gone unless they're planning on bringing a new coach that can revitalize him. I just think it makes too much sense for both teams. I'm not sure why it hasn't happened yet. 
Yeah, I mean, it's got to be something, some, some stuff. I mean, I, I know from what I've listened to briefly this week, the Jets don't have a whole lot of salary room, um, a lot of cap space. That's got to be part of it. Um, yes, yeah, it ma- ma- makes sense to me. A team that's got to get rid of the, the guy because it's clearly not working, and, and a team that needs to try something. No, Trevor, Trevor, Trevor Simeon's not trying something. No, it's bad. Yeah. Another name that was kind of thrown out again if they kind of keep losing was Kirk Cousins. And again, I don't know what contract and cap is available, but, you know, at some point here, if the Vikings keep losing and keep being mediocre with Kirk Cousins, you got to kind of pull that plug, I guess. I mean, and try and move up in the draft and go get your own. Yeah, I, I don't get the Cousins thing yet. I've heard the same thing, but like, you're telling me Kirk Cousins can't lead that offense to go nine and five the rest of the season? Because nine and eight and probably that, gets yeah. you in. Nine and eight yeah. probably gets you the seventh seed. Um. So, but yeah, I've heard that as well because I think he is a free agent after this year. And I, I certainly think you're right. I think the Vikings can still end up making the playoffs. I just that's where they've lived for so long. You know, for the last couple of years with Kirk, and I mean making the playoffs and losing to the Giants last year. And I'm not saying it's all all on him, but, you know, and then you end up getting the 21st draft pick, which yeah. can't, can't move the needle. Yeah. I just, I don't know that, I don't know that taking first-round quarterbacks is the way to go either right now. I mean, we've literally seen a draft that had what was it, Zach Wilson? Like, Trevor Lawrence, we think he's good, but everyone else in that draft class is awful. Yeah. But then I guess the year before you had uh, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Herbert uh, Hertz was in that draft, and someone else was too. Um, was it Mac Jones? Yeah. Uh, no, Mac was in the Mac was No, in Mac the was with draft. the Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence one, the questionable one. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, we have a little bit of time to get into Nevermore. So let's talk about on his squad. Ooh. Have we talked about Mostry yet this year? I think we talked about him last week. Did we? All right. Um, let's talk about Lamar. So, Lamar Jackson, QB eight so far in the season. Um, good fantasy week last week, fourteen for one hundred one and two touchdowns on the ground. That'll help. Uh, week one was ugly. Week two at Cincinnati um, was a good fantasy game as well. He dominated that game. He's got Cleveland this week. Obviously, Shane has talked about the Cleveland defense on this podcast and how much he thinks of them. Um, what are your thoughts on Lamar this week? Yeah, Phil's not on the podcast here tonight, but someone's got to say it. I mean, this is AFC North football. <laughs> um, the Ravens know the Browns. The Browns know the Ravens. Um, this this is uh, got all the makings of a slugfest here on Sunday. Um, with that being said... Um, Got to be happy to see Lamar doing some groundwork last week. Um, didn't really see it 
Um, the first two weeks saw a little bit, didn't get in the end zone, obviously. Yardage was there. Um, you're, you're really, when you draft Lamar Jackson, you're counting on that rushing tutter um, every week. And it's last week was just a perfect script for him. Um, they were losing most of the game, which not necessarily for throwing the ball, but for him, that means, hey, I'm going to start doing things. You're going to, re- people revert back to what they're good at when they're, when they're, when they're faced with adversity. Um, and Lamar's good at running the football. Um, so it's almost better when he's losing like that, that he's going to run. Um, he's going to take off. He's going to revert to what he knows. Um, so you're almost hoping that, he, that he's losing. Um, but I would temper my expectations a little bit because I, I think the Cleveland defense is for real. I think they're pretty good. Um, but I would think Lamar goes for somewhere in the low 20s this week. Yeah, I think obviously the rushing numbers, you know, and the reason you draft them is to give them that, you know, higher floor. Um, but I, I, this game feels like a 17-14 game, you know, kind of across the board. So I, I don't – it's hard to get enough points when there's only two touchdowns on your team, basically. Um, you know, there's a good chance he's involved in both of them, but then, you know, drops a, a fumble or an interception and – kind of takes them right back into to the high teens, low 20s. I got to think the Ravens are going to have a ton of opportunity to do some things against the Browns because I feel like every time I watch the Browns, it's a three and out. Like, um, Deshaun Watson might not be good, actually. So I'm just laughing about Lamar Jackson because, you know, most weeks me, Phil, and Shane each try to pick someone to score a touchdown. <laughs> me too, Phil picks Lamar. Obviously doesn't score because I don't know that any of our guys ever score than we pick them. And I sent a text to both of them and said, "Stop picking Lamar in this. Like he doesn't score touchdowns anymore. He's just a open field guy. So of course he punches two in last week. Um, all right, pick a winner in Bull Weevils against Nevermore. Obviously things trending well for the Bull Weevils here on Thursday night. Yeah, we we get the advantage here of seeing what's happened so far. Um, doesn't look like it's getting any better for, for the Nevermore side tonight, um, which is going to be a huge, huge problem. It's going to have to be a big, big digs, Moster kind of game there in the Miami-Buffalo game to, uh, to help Nevermore get back into this. Um, that being said, with what we already know, I, I still... I, I got to go with the Weevils. Yeah, I mean, Thursday night, 1v2, and the, the team that has the one guy going going to come out pretty significantly on top. That's a, a hard, hard hill to, to climb, so I'll take the Weevils. Yeah, it's easy to make that call now. Kirk Cousins, Sunday, 1 p.m. at Carolina. <laughs> There's ever been a Kirk Cousins game. That's it right there. Give me all the mini money. Give me all the mini money. I'll still say the same thing I said the last couple weeks about Nevermore. You got to do something about those three bills, man. Like Diggs, Kincaid, and Cook. I don't know. I just, having three guys from the same team, it really helps you have big weeks, but it really lowers your floor, too. Um, 
and Diggs and Cook are probably guys that should be rostered in most leagues, but I'd try to do something different with that tight end if possible. Tight end's dumpster fire, though. So. Yeah, I mean, that's the only move. I mean, you can't fold him. Diggs and Cook, like, are guys that have to be played. Yeah, but I'd even um, be okay moving Cook. Like, but, like, but, yeah, I'm okay with moving one of them, yeah. I kind of looked, you know, honestly looked at this team and looked at potentially making an offer for Cook, but, you know, the keeper value is what I couldn't get my head over. I mean, he was kept at a dollar. Yeah, he's cheap. So, I mean, I, I, I just couldn't, couldn't understand the fact that that value is going to be higher and it's a, probably a price tag I'm not willing to pay for his production right now, especially with Murray getting some end line or end zone stuff. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Diggs wants to come home to teabag. Maybe he wants to come back home. The last thing you need is another wide receiver. <laughs> false. That's false. <laughs> we need someone to replace DJ Moore. Maybe we get you, something more out there. You spent more on George Pickens than DJ Moore, <laughs> so you already replaced him. <laughs> Don't worry about our roster construction over here. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not worried about it. All right. Normally, this would be the game of the week with the franchise and the Mad Dogs going head to head this whoa, whoa. week. Oh, three. I think it's time. It's it's the sad dogs right now. Sad dogs. Okay. <laughs> it's the sad dogs. My my first question about this matchup. Do either of you think if you got a phone call and it was blocked, you didn't know who it was, and Ty and Mick, one of them started talking to you, would you be able to tell which one you were talking to? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think I would be able to. I think I can differentiate. I think Barely. that's a pretty, pretty um, doable case study there. So I think they <laughs> might have to put that into, into action. Yeah, um, it's, they, they always sound so like they talk the same. Um, definitely brothers, good guys too. So uh, franchise mad dogs, sad dogs. Sorry, franchise sitting at two and one. This is about the time of the year where I anoint them as one of the best teams in the league. And guys just start dropping like flies. Um, obviously, Tua Tungavailoa, um, still Robert Griffin III's number one MVP candidate so far through three weeks in the NFL. Uh, Woke Center tells me. So that's a good thing. DeAndre Swift, uh, nice find there. Uh, just, again, not a great team. Really no one that's going to knock your socks off. But good. Everyone is productive and a part of the team that um, that they play for. 110-point projection this week for the franchise. Mad Dogs, 104.8 projection. So still a decent team, um, despite the 0-3 record. Start off with the franchise. Tua, Miles Sanders, DeAndre Swift, Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, Dallas Goddard, Brian Robinson Jr., and Javante Williams. Um, let's talk about DeAndre Swift. Two weeks in a row, been the lead back in the Eagles' backfield. Um, I think after week one, both Shane and I felt like Gainwell was a great pick for a teabag. Um, 
in most of my leagues, I was taking Rashad Penny with one of my last picks um, because I thought that talent-wise, he was one of the best of the three and he would get an opportunity. DeAndre Swift's made us both look really stupid. 16 for 130 last week and 28 for 175 and a score the week before. Gets that tough front seven of Washington this week. What are your guys' thoughts on DeAndre Swift? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a, I didn't think it was a secret going into the year that you had to have a piece of the Eagles' backfield. I mean, we saw what they did running the ball last year. Um, they're clearly the best running offensive line in the league. Um, it was a matter of who was going to be the guy. And, and there was there was three guys there. Um, I liked Gainwell, obviously, because I just read everything I read said he was going to be the first guy to get the shot. Um, and he came out week one, looked great, gets himself hurt. And clearly, after watching the last couple of weeks, Gainwell's not as good of a player as DeAndre Swift is. Um, I mean, it's easy to say. I mean, the holes that this guy's running through are laughable. Um, so it's hard to even say, hey, this is a great player. Um, but if you're going to be the starter on this team with this offensive line, you're, you're going to be an RB1 in this league. It's just the facts. So, I mean, it makes Gainwell a, a must-hold for my team because um, he goes back, Swift gets hurt. Whoever goes back into that job is, is going to be an RB1 going forward. That's just the bottom line. I think Swift's looked really explosive the last two weeks. And again, it, it's part of the offensive line when he's seven, eight yards before he gets first contact, um, you know, is obviously all a lot of the offensive line. But when he's getting to that, that second level of guys and he's, he's making guys miss, he's, he's doing a lot of really good things at that, at that next level. So, um, yeah, hard to hard to not be excited about what he's doing now, but I think again, there's another team that has bought into the two or three running backs getting a getting a share at some point. So, you know, if he has a bad week, it could go back to a fifty fifty split real quick. I'm glad you said that because I mean, with how good he's been, they still gave Gainwell 14 carries last week. Yep. I mean, it, it was apparent watching that game that, that Swift's a better player. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't like I watched most of that game. Like Swift is a, be, is a better running back than, than Gainwell. Yeah. Um, and they still gave Gainwell 14 touches, um, 14 carries. So uh, they're, they're clearly bought in. I mean, they, they want to try to keep guys healthy if possible. Um but, I mean, it, it's apparent right now that, that Swift is the guy to own. I mean, there's no question about it. Yeah, so 30 carries between DeAndre and Gamewell, and Hurts still had 10 himself. Because so I was going to say, the reason why you give 30 carries to your two running backs is because you don't want your quarterback to run the ball out. But they're still finding a way to have him run it. I think 10 carries is quite a bit for a quarterback. I mean, he's been 9, 12, and 10 in the first three weeks. You know, uh, yeah, you got to remember that like 15 of those were four pushes. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I know. And, and they're not designed runs either. Like, obviously, he's probably no more than three reads on a pass and he's out. Um, oh, yeah. But, 
<laughs> they should be giving Swift and Gamewell more carries because if Jalen Hurts gets hurt... If he stays healthy, I don't think there's a team that's as good as them, other than maybe the Niners. But I don't... Brock Purdy's okay, but I'd rather have the Eagles right now. Yeah, um, the NFL's so confusing to me. I was watching that game like... I'm, I'm sure you guys were watching as well. The Eagles were running, and, and those holes, they were running for like eight, nine yards a clip. Yep. And then they would get down like in like the third, inside like the 30, 25 yards, and they were like trying to throw the ball. I'm like, why don't you just keep doing the same thing that you're just destroying them with the entire way? Like, yep. I, I know things get a little tighter, teams tighten up the defense in the red zone, but like they just, at times they stop running the ball, and it's like you don't even have a reason to stop. Well, even that like, first drive, first drive, I think there were. Two passes for 45 yards, A.J. Brown, to get him, like, inside the 30. Yep. Next, next three plays were target to Smith, target to Goddard, and target to Zacchaeus. Yep. And I was just sitting there, I'm like, thank God, because I was about yep. to lose in the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah, I'm with you on that. It doesn't make I'm, a lot of sense. It's a sport where you get to do what you get to choose what you want to do. Like, yeah. just, just keep doing what's working. <laughs> It's frustrating. That's why you're a baseball coach, Shane. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brandon, did you did you get a chance to talk about Swift, or did we just completely? No, I did. I said right. he was explosive, seven eight yard. Yeah. Okay. All right, Mad Dogs. Um, dear God, we got Milk Carton three Kyle Pitts over there. Um, Jalen Hurts, Tony Pollard, Damian Pierce, Devonta Smith, Jordan Addison, Kyle Pitts, Rashad White, Cortland Sutton. Talked about some guys that we would sell um, or that were suggested as sells. Um, Here's a guy that I would consider a hard buy candidate. Um, Damian Pierce. 40 carries in three games. We've talked about um, getting bell cow running backs is hard and some of those games they've been behind significantly as well um and seven catches so far for through the first three weeks only one touchdown that was in uh the last week 14 for 31 against jacksonville pierce was arguably the rookie offensive rookie of the year last year i think it's apparent that the quarterback's okay you know say what you want about stroud he's at least he looks like he looks the part he may not be able to do all the right things every game, but they're going to have a chance with him compared to some of the other quarterbacks that we've talked about tonight. I'd be going out and I'd be get, trying to get Damian Pierce if possible. I think he is still a good player rest of season. What do you guys think about Pierce? Yeah, I mean, I was going to touch on it when you had your whole Desert Dogs monologue of how nice the guys, the, the, the Storm brothers are. <laughs> I, I figured that had a little touch of, oh, you're a clown. hey, man, you're a I hope the Mad Dogs get to 0-4 this week so they can trade me Damian Pierce. Yeah, because that's what I would um, do. I would tell him, yeah, you should, yeah, you should try to get Damian Pierce and then send, hey, you know, all that stuff I said, why don't you give him to me? Yeah, come on. Yeah. Uh, hey, I, I think you're, you're a nice guy too, Mick. I just want to let you know. If you go to 0-4, I think you're a nice guy. Uh, but no, I, I, I completely agree with you. Um Houston, clearly, they got a little something cooking there. Um, they're, they're not at the upper echelon of, of the league yet, but it seems like they got something brewing there. The team's a little better. You, you get a quarterback that's competent. Um, 
it's amazing how that can change your outlook in the NFL. Um, you get a quarterback that seems like they know what they're doing. Um, the team starts to believe a little bit. Um, I, w- I would buy Pierce having a little comeback here. It hasn't been a great start for him. They've been doing most of their work through the air, but I, I would expect him to start putting up more um, just outside those RB1 numbers. I, I'm not I'm not sold that he's going to be a top 10 guy yet, but you can see him right in that like 12 to 14 range. Yeah, I think you guys hit it. It's a team, I would say, that appears to be headed in the right direction. Feels like they got the quarterback spot, you know, figured out. High completion guy, not turning the ball over, so he's at least, you know, at least serviceable. You know, Pierce is a good running back. Tank Dell's making some big plays, um, you know, so it seems like they have have some pieces in there that the they've maybe hit that step where it's, it's on the greener pastures. Yeah, I like Dell too. He's been uh, outstanding. Um, I just don't know how this keeps happening with like um, with running backs or uh, with quarterbacks. Like um, C.J. Stroud looks significantly better than Bryce Young. Like why? Why was that the evaluation? Um, I don't know. It happens so often. Like NFL quarter, NFL GMs just cannot get the the quarterback position right in the draft. On most occasions, it just it just seems that way. Whenever you're saddled with, like, unless it's an absolute can't miss guy, like I mean, obviously Peyton Manning, like Andrew you know Luck. he's going to be good. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew Luck. Luck, like you know he's going to be good. Um. Some some other like th- those top tier guys like you know they're going to be good, but like when it's a, a close comparison, it seems like they make the wrong decision just so frequently. Those two quarterbacks we were looking for, um, twenty twenty Jordan Love was the fifth one. I think he okay. looks okay so far. Yeah. Twenty twenty one, the guy that we forgot was Trey Lance. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. Five first-round quarterbacks. It's you know, maybe, maybe one of them is a quarterback yeah. after two more seasons. Right. I was going to say, it's sickening that Mac Jones is the second-best quarterback on that list. Yeah, and it's not, it's clo- it's not really close. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about overall football players, I'll take Fields over Jones. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, follow-up question for you guys. I think you've been known to make a wager or two. Um, why wouldn't Why wouldn't we put money on the Texans to win the AFC South this year? Well, the AFC South is an abomination. Correct. Um, and I, I maybe we'll touch on it when we get to my team, but you said it earlier that we think he's good. I'm not positive that Trevor Lawrence is that good. So... I, I've watched him play this year more because he's on my squad this year. Um, I'm not positive that he's he's everything that we that we people think he is. Um, I've seen a lot of just scared scared throws. Um, so so yeah, I I, I'm, I can I can feel that. I'll dabble. I'd be interested to see. Do you know what Vegas currently says? I just pulled it up because that was that's the reason why. 
So Jacksonville is the favorite at one thirty plus one thirty five. Colts and Titans are both plus two fifty. Texans are plus eight fifty. That doesn't, from what I've seen, from what I've seen so far, that's not right. I mean, I think Jacksonville has the best roster. Yes, but I mean, they're the best team. The the Titans are just an abomination of football right now. They're awful. Yeah, I mean, how how bad can Will Levis be that he hasn't gotten an opportunity yet? He has he has to be bad himself. Yeah. What about the guy they took last year too, Malik Willis? Uh, I think you we, saw that a little bit. At the yeah, end of we last saw year. that, it's, but it's a, good, it's a good find, Cos. Thanks. It's worth a couple bucks. Not just, a, <laughs> not just a pretty face, guys. All right. Um. All right. Who wins the brotherly matchup of franchise versus Mad Dogs? No implications tonight. So this one's a straight cash, homie. Yeah, these are two pretty good teams. The Mad Dogs have just been getting the, the short end of the stick here on points against. I think I was looking at it earlier. They've given up over 400 points so far. <laughs> um, they've, they've just been getting Plenty of trounced. leagues. Plenty of leagues. <laughs> yeah, you don't like it. Plenty of other leagues you can play in. Um, and I think when you, before you, you started this matchup, I think you might have undersold the franchise a little bit. Um, this team's pretty good. And you got to be happy sitting at 2-1 and one, where Jamar Chase was not Jamar Chase for the first couple of weeks. You see him get peppered last week. Um, that's going to continue. Um, as long as DeAndre Swift remains the guy in Philadelphia and stays healthy, franchise are, are looking in the right direction. They're going to take it down this week. Yeah, I like the franchise. Obviously, two has been great. Miles Sanders looks like he has a good matchup against Minnesota. Uh, Debo Samuel has a good matchup against Arizona. So, I just like a little bit of the, you know, the action on the the franchise side this week. <sighs> yeah, I'll take the franchise as well. Um, but this one's close. It's a good matchup. Two pretty good teams. All right, next game is Steel Curtain against Team Ice Cream. Uh, Steel Curtain at one and two, Ice Cream at three and zero. Oh. Curtain projected for 112, ice cream for 117. Speaking of the short end of the stick, I mean, the curtain's gotten it so far, too. They've been good. Um, tight and tough matchups against Sherm and myself. Um, definitely both had, uh, he had a chance to be in or win both of those games as well. Um, you know, I think last week, if he had played a couple different guys, his team's different. What killed him the last couple of weeks is Traylon Burks and Josh Kelly. They're just – he might have even played CEH against me or Jamal Williams. Like, the bottom of that roster needs to get figured out. Um, and this week it looks good with Ayuk and uh, Chan. So, the rest of the curtain roster, Justin Herbert, Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, Garrett Wilson, Amari Cooper, Darren Waller, and Ayuk and Chan, as we talked about. Um, we'll start off with – um, Amari Cooper, probably a guy that we didn't really plan on talking about much this year. He was okay last year, had some good weeks. Uh, week two against Pittsburgh, 10 targets. He wasn't even really supposed to play, seven for 90. 
And then last week, the huge game against Tennessee, eight targets, catches seven of them for 116 and a score. Amari Cooper is about as boring as it gets in 2023 fantasy wide receivers. But number one target on a team that is competent, I guess, at least throwing the football. Um, And obviously some long-term pedigree there for Cooper as well. Um, What do you guys think about Amari Cooper? Yeah. I mean, Amari Cooper is... Slowly, I don't know how many years left the guy has, but he's slowly putting together a a borderline. Or and it's it's hard to make the Hall of Fame, but it's it's getting close to being he, in the he conversation. Plays, he plays the wrong position, but yep. I understand what you're saying. Yep, it, it's t- it's tough to get in there as a wide receiver. It is the um, the hardest part about him is. There's never going to be a season where you can sit there and say he was one of the top three guys in his position this year. Yep, yep. He's borderline yep. outside the top ten every single year that he's played. Yeah, but he's, he's just, just been in a the right steady, era. consistent yeah. guy. Um, and when you see the numbers at the end of his career, you're going to say, "Wow, he might have been." I could consider this guy for the NFL. He's going to make the ballot. Uh, I don't know that he ever gets in. Uh, like I said, I don't know how many good years he has left, but. Um, gets kind of lost in the shuffle here going to a Cleveland. You go to a market like Cleveland. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the guy's been uh, a steady guy for, I want to say, what, seven to eight years now. Um, I expect him to continue because, um, obviously, with Chubb out, the ball's got to go somewhere. Um, we think Ford's going to obviously take the brunt of, of the carries and stuff. But, I mean, I, I think Cooper maybe becomes more of an emphasis, probably the next best player. Um, and, and not a whole lot else as far as the wide receivers go. Um, so, yeah, I, I expect him to continue to be a, a serviceable wide receiver, too, rest of the way. Yeah, I think you, I think you put it on the, the head there at the end. He's the best receiver, you know, the best offensive weapon in what seems to be kind of a – you know, one or two read quarterbacks. So that's where the ball's supposed to go on a lot of pass plays. And it's just a matter of whether or not he, he wins to, to have an opportunity to catch it. So a lot of, a lot of volume, I would say. Yeah. He's probably option one, two and three on that team. I don't, I couldn't even tell you who plays Ted in on the, oh, and Joku. Um, but I don't know that I could name another wide receiver on Cleveland. Was Donovan, Donovan Peoples Jones? <laughs> exactly. I think it was, yeah, that's that's bad. Christian, all I do is catch touchdowns. Watson is the benefit of an illegal rubber out uh, to get wide <laughs> open in the end zone. So Elijah Moore is their other their other receiver. Oh, yeah, he actually had a decent week last week. He did. You're right. Um. All right, Team Ice Cream sitting at three and zero with the aforementioned Justin Fields as their quarterback. Bijan Robinson, James Conner, Justin Jefferson, Chris Godwin, Travis Kelsey, Tutu Atwell, and Jacoby Myers, who looked really good on uh, Sunday night. I enjoyed watching Myers and Adams play Sunday night. I thought uh, they both looked good against that Steelers secondary. 
Let's talk about 2-2 Atwell. Um, I was looking at scores last week, watching the Rams game, and uh, Atwell was doing a lot of good things for for the Rams, and I was like, oh, I wonder who has him in our league, and um, Spears, and I was surprised to see that he was starting him already because obviously I know um, Spears usually runs out the uh, nine guys that he drafted or eight guys that he drafted for the first, like, six weeks of the season before he ever makes a move on that, so... Um, Atwell has been outstanding. Second round pick from two years ago with the Rams. He is wide receiver 13 on the season. And we talked a little bit about Puka Nakua the other week. And the same can be said for Atwell. Um, he's a big part of the offense. He's going to be a big part of the offense. There's not much else to go around. What do you guys think about Atwell? We're not the best podcast in the biz for, for nothing. I'm pretty sure we talked about 2-2 last week. Did we? <laughs> I think so. There's no but way. There's no he, way. He's been, out, he's been outstanding. Um, he's double digits all three weeks. I'm, I'm pretty sure we did. Um, what about... Yeah, he, he looked really good. Um, obviously the beneficiary of getting in the end zone last week. All right, hold um, on. Who do you want to talk about, Shane? <laughs> Hey, we can talk about two two again. He, he no, you know what? Let's talk about this. Did you guys see Travis Kelsey's girlfriend was at the game last week? Um, Heard about who's he dating? He's with Taylor Swift. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, and we and obviously we know Grandma's thoughts on Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> so, um, Grandma told me that uh, he can do a lot better. The work, the best thing out of this for him is he's going to be in a song in about a couple of weeks. So, um, <laughs> Grandma's hip to it, even at the ripe age of seventy-eight. Um, does Kelsey catch a touchdown? See, there's a Fanduel bet for this. Not. A special. They have a whole tab on Fanduel app called Kelsey bets, and the first one is the friend zone special. Does Travis Kelsey score a touchdown this week? It's like. Or uh, does he not score a touchdown this week? It's like plus 105 for him not to score a touchdown this week. So let's talk about that instead. Well, he's getting in the end zone. I mean, every, week, every week she's there because they got to keep forcing her on on camera. You, you, you know the NFL is going to milk this. You know the, if there's one business that's going to milk this. You know the NFL is going to just milk this dry. Um you got a famous person like Taylor Swift involved with one of your guys. I mean, and one of your star guys. This is this is going to be milked. I think Kelsey gets in the end zone as well Sunday night. Um, I was watching the games this past weekend. I'm just thinking about all the money I probably could have won by just putting Kelsey and Adams putter parlays for the last five years. And I, instead, I have just these insane... Just, Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Justin Fields, two tutters. I mean, just the Kadarius Tony tutters thrown in there. Jordan like, Addison. Stupid, yeah, just completely dumb shit um, <laughs> that, I'll, that I'll throw five, six bucks at. And, and thinking I'm going to win like $2,000. It's, it's just, why not just pay the 25 buck 
Adams, Kelsey, Tutter parlay, make your 50 bucks or whatever you're going to make and, and move on. Um, it's stupid. He, he's going to score. So the answer is yes. And Brandon already said yes too, right? Yep. Shane, I know you're a big pop culture guy. Is there anything you could care less about than Travis <laughs> Kelsey and Taylor Swift? <laughs> Jesus. Um, there's not much. That's the There's one hope, much. though, for you to maybe get Chelsea to watch some football with you. Uh, she she hates Taylor Swift, so. Did she, would she hate watch it or no? Uh, probably not. There's things no. that there's things that people hate watch. So. Yeah, she yeah she's not a Swifty, um, and not a football fan. So lose lose. I have to laugh. I was at a there's a customer that I go to once a week and. Uh, I was there yesterday, and they were talking about it. And the girls, the three girls in the office, were commenting on how cute they think Travis Kelsey is. And they're like, the one girl said, is he even a good football player? And I, <laughs> I was in an office that's completely shielded from them, and all they heard yell out is, yes, yes, he's really good. And they started laughing because I don't typically chime into their random conversations, and they laughed that that one got an answer from me almost immediately. Um <laughs> So, it is it, it is kind of funny. Like, it is funny to watch and see how much everyone's talked about it this week. Um, you know, at least we don't have to talk about Ukraine or... All right, I'm getting a little... Sorry. Um, who do you guys have winning this matchup to take the words out of Shane's mouth? Two pretty good teams here. <laughs> it is two pretty good teams. Um, man... I almost texted the ice cream this week and just offered them one of my quarterbacks because how long are they going to run this Fields guy out there? Um, the rest of the lineup, pretty much rock solid. Got to figure out the quarterback position. Is it a Fields week is the question. Am I, am I going through my mind right now? When's the Justin Fields week going to happen? Denver just got 70 dropped on. Um, if it's not this week, you, you got to cut your ties and, I'll be sending that either Lawrence or Richardson offer over to you. Um, or you just got to put someone else in there. Um, with that being said, CMC home <laughs> against the Cardinals. Ten, Herbert, ten days rest. Against the Raiders. Give me some steel curtain in this one. CMC going to break Jerry Rice's consecutive touchdown record this week. Get him in your parlays. That's a given. Oh, Probably going to be like minus 300. But is that a thing? Yeah, most consecutive games with a touchdown. He's tied Rice last week. He breaks it this week. So get that in your uh, Tutter parlays. Yeah, I'll take the curtain. I think it's a pretty good team um, right now. If, if A-Chan um, you know, stays relevant, obviously Expecting what he did last week isn't isn't realistic, but if he stays stays relevant, I think that's a, a nice flex play compared to the Traylon Burks and Ceh that that have been run out. So I think it's a a solid team and just a little bit more upside than what the Ice Cream has on on guys. I think Ice Cream are very good, but um, if a a big week doesn't come from Jefferson, I don't know. I guess Jefferson and Kelsey doesn't look like there's many other big, big, weak guys in that lineup. 
Justin Jefferson might do something absolutely absurd this year. Um, last week he had seven for 149, and it was his worst receiving game of the season so far, other than having the touchdown. Nine for 150 in week one, 11 for 159 in week three. He's got 400 and over 450 yards through three weeks. Um, God, I, I want to pick ice. I'm taking ice cream in this one. I think it is a fields week. Nice. Um, so. Got a declaration. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I, I pegged it last year. I said the start of Dan Orlovsky's Justin Fields MVP campaign. It's a fields week. The calendar um, turns to October. It is fields, fields time. <laughs> I love it. Just, I, I hear you on Herbert and McCaffrey, but Najee Harris, Garrett Wilson, Darren Waller, Ayuk's a hit away from not playing. In that game, they may not need him much. I'll take the ice cream. I think there's just more relevant players on that side, um, despite the two headliners on the curtains side. All right, one game left. You guys have been waiting all night to talk about your teams. Abusement Park against Take Your Ball and Go Home. Game of the week. Right now it's 20.7 for T-Bag. 10.54 10.54 for the park. You got two guys, Amon Ra and Sam Laporta. And then the guy throwing both of them the football, Jared Goff, on the other side. Obviously, the pick for Goff early and the fact that they've been able to basically just run the ball here in the second half is hurting the Goff side. So we'll start off with the park. Jared Goff, Travis Etienne, Kyron Williams. Tyree Kill, DK Metcalf, TJ Hawkinson, Adam Thielen, and Puka Nakua. Um, I want to start by talking about Adam Thielen. Um, when you got him, sure, I don't know that you were expecting to have the wide receiver nine through week three in Adam Thielen on Carolina. Kind of a uh, fantasy stud for years that's been obviously forgotten and two for 12 in week one, but week two, seven for 54 and a touchdown week three, 11 for 145 and a touchdown 27 point effort against Seattle last week, revenge game for him against Minnesota. Um, we talked about how likely it is that Minnesota probably wins this game. That would be a good thing for Thielen's game script. What are your guys thoughts on Adam Thielen? Yeah, I just got force fed the rock last week. Um, Obviously, how does things shake out with Andy Dalton playing quarterback, with uh, Bryce Young playing quarterback? Obviously, you seem to have a little connection there with Dalton last week uh, playing against the Seahawks. Um, is, is Bryce Young going to be able to get him the ball enough to, to sustain what we saw? Obviously, it's not going to be that big. Um, huge week last week, but can he, can he get him the ball enough to, to sustain wide receiver two flex play eligibility kind of guy that you're counting on. Um, but, but been good so far the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I think it's more quarterback dependent. I, I, I don't know that Bryce young is, is that guy. <laughs> and that, not that Andy Dalton is, but not, uh, that guy. I, not that guy. I just don't know that, that Bryce young is that guy yet. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was, I mean, I draft, he was one of the guys, you know, towards the bottom that I, I really wanted to be able to get and feel in, um, just from the fact that I think he's a reliable receiver and he doesn't have the routes he runs aren't big route that a rookie quarterback can't make that throw. He's a very, you know, realistic seven yard dig route type of guy. Um, I, I, you know, Andy Dalton obviously was a little bit bigger week for him. Week two was was Bryce Young, um, just a seven for fifty two. Week one, he actually had a midweek ankle injury at practice, so I'm I'm kind of hoping that's what the week one low production kind of stems from. Um, that hopefully at least week two is probably the more norm. Which again, seven catches for fifty two yards. I think that's that's right in that flex range, double digits that we're we're happy with. Kind of an oversight by the league, I feel like, on Thielen. Um, been a really productive player his whole career. Goes to a new situation. Um, seems like he's just kind of forgotten about. Yeah, and there's typically, I agree, oversight, because there's typically not something better than for a rookie quarterback than a, a veteran wide receiver yeah. who isn't. A veteran wide receiver who wasn't an elite athlete. Um, that's definitely a good piece for a rookie quarterback. So, nice grab there on Thielen. You have to be waiting, too, for Jalen Warren just to become the running back in Pittsburgh. That would be a huge boost for you. Yeah, I mean, as we go through five, that's going to be a lot of what my, obviously, with, with Chubb being out, I mean, I'm banking on him to be my you know, bi-week running back. So continuing to get him more touches in that offense is, you know, going to be big for, for my bi-week guys. All right, going over to Shane's team, Trevor Lawrence gets the London game Sunday morning. Isaiah Pacheco, Zach Moss, Amon Ra, St. Brown, Keenan Allen, Sam Laporta, Devontae Adams, DJ Moore. Um, obviously, Maybe some potential for Roscoe or George Pickens to go in for DJ Moore. Um, potentially, Shane will have a decision to make come Sunday. Let's talk about Keenan Allen. Um, Papa Cos took him like the third or fourth round of a draft that I was in with him, and I kind of laughed at him. Said, "Oh, that guy's washed. Like, you really want to deal with that again?" Well, he is wide receiver two so far in the season. Six for seventy-six in week one. Eight for 11 and two touchdowns in week two. 18 for 215 last week and a passing touchdown for the big 40-burger. I definitely thought we were seeing the tail end of Keenan Allen. Kind of thought you spent a little too much on him too, Shane. But obviously, I think you said he was one of the guys you really targeted and wanted to pick up in the draft. So you saw something that the rest of the league didn't. is this here to stay, or is this a sell high? Not that you would sell him, but... Yeah, I mean, obviously, the production last week is, is insane and nutty. Um, but Keenan Allen's another guy that I feel like gets overlooked a lot. Um, I don't really know why, because he's been just a reception monster his entire career. Um, that's why I was so, so high on him. I mean... When he's healthy, he's guaranteed a wide receiver one in the NFL. 
um, in fantasy terms. Um, and, and I mean, in the NFL, just in general, um, the problem with him is always, is he going to play a full season? The answer is no. Um, inevitably he's going to come down with some sort of injury, most likely a, a foot injury, ankle injury, always banged up. Um, that's the problem with him. Um, but he, the talent level is just insane. Um, I, I, I love the guy. I, I think as long as he, so the answer, to answer your question, if he stays healthy, the answer is yes. Um, especially with Eckler out, Jesus. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Keenan Allen fan as well. I have him, you know, in another league I play. Um, honestly, I, I, I was afraid that we were starting, like Cus said, starting to see the downturn, starting to see the soft tissue injuries just linger and drag and, and, you know, kind of to that point where he's a, you know, a six to eight game guy a, a season that you can kind of rely on and not from a talent basis, but just from a, a health perspective. So um, as of right now, he's on the field. He's option one. He's great. Just a matter of, you know, can he avoid the, the injury bug and the, the nagging injury bug? Yeah, I never really thought about his production being tied to Eckler. Shane, that was a good point um, because he is safe and he can run those routes that maybe used to be handoffs for Eckler or short passes for Eckler. So, um, you know. I, 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 am, I am disappointed. I will say I'm disappointed that Mike Williams is now out. Um, I, I think having Williams benefits Allen greatly. Um, someone that's that's taking the top off, running those deep routes, lets Allen do his work, kind of middle of the field, short routes. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens there now that there's there's no more Williams, um, what their offense is going to look like. I still think Allen's a safe play, um, safe bet to catch, catch six or seven balls um, per week. Um, but kind of interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see how it... Uh... How it plays out, and like you said, good matchup this week um, against Vegas. So, Sunday, 4 o'clock, it's usually a little bit of a shootout. Um, so, looking forward to seeing what Allen can do after the big 18-catch game last week. Let's pick a winner in our game of the week. Obviously, things trending teabag right now. Yeah, been the best two teams so far this year um, in the early going. I still think the Park have the best team overall. Um, I get off to a great start so far, I think, so far tonight. And this has been a plus for me. Um, Get right around what you're kind of hoping for out of St. Brown. I mean, tight end spot. I mean, Laporta's been great. Um, 7.6, he adds another catch here. You get right what you're hoping for from that spot. Um, For for me, this matchup comes down to a couple things. is that Minnesota-Carolina game, is, is Hawkinson going to do some things? I think I think we're going to see Hawkinson have a nice week this week. And and can we keep Tyreek Hill in the ballpark? <laughs> um, I, that, that's, that's the big question mark for me. Um, he's a guy that just can, can blow up a matchup by himself. Um, but I think, I don't usually do this, but I, I think T-Bag takes this one home this week. Yeah, I mean, I'd really like a, a second-half touchdown pass here to to Gibbs or Josh Reynolds or something um, 
to make tonight look a little bit more more even. Um, I, I really think it comes down to Hill. I mean, again, it, you know, Hill's putting up thirty plus points. It, it, it's tough. It's a tough team to beat. Um, and I, I think, I mean, obviously, you had the giant week last week. They just didn't like. They didn't need him in the second half. It could have been another gigantic week, but he, he just wasn't needed. Um, you know, so so I think it, I'm going to take myself um, just because I think it's a shootout between Buffalo and and Miami, and he'll get another 30, 30 points. <sighs> yeah, it's tough because like you're not getting a good game out of golf right now, and you obviously talked about needing maybe a second half touchdown, but historically. The London games haven't been great either for quarterbacks, so maybe you don't lose that matchup by that much. And if you don't lose that matchup by much, I too will take the abuse from Park this week. My main question for the two of you, can we get a little sideways on this, that uh, loser has to throw BP to the JV team first week of practice? (laughs) JV team's canceled this year. No, in all in all seriousness, these are two good teams. Um, I think Shane's going to need his running backs to play well this week, and I don't know that they do. That's yeah. the part that I think might be a little different. I mean, Adams, Keenan Allen, and Amon Ra. You'd like to see a little more from Amon Ra, but game script's not helping that. But Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen, holy crap. Those are two really good matchups this week, but... There's a chance Tyreek outscores the two of them combined. So, but I'll take, I'll take uh, Park. So, all right, we've run really long uh, and I know sure it gets up early. So, uh, anything else for the good of the order? I got nothing for you, Matt. I'm ready to hit the, hit the hay. All right. Brandon, thanks for joining us. Even though you were an alternate, we appreciate it. And happy uh, anytime. Shane, always happy to have you. Nice trivia question, even though the rules sucked. And uh, thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you next week when we break down week five during the Bears-Commies Thursday night game.